good, everybody. Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is the Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on a Thursday, the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Hi, Levin. I was going to say, hmm, is he changing up his intro again? You almost forgot, didn't you? Never. I was all over it. Oh, what are you yeah. talking about? Uh-huh. You going to get your new shiny blue check mark from Twitter? Uh, that's a big old f- no. <laughs> well, 32 seconds in. I already got to get yeah, the yeah. bleep there out. There you go. There there are much worse things I, I want to say over that crap. But Oh, boy. All right. Well, we're starting to show off on an interesting note. Yeah, uh, why not destabilize this show like Twitter is? <laughs> we got a big show today, Eleven, because Debo Samuel is going to be on the program. I had a chance to catch up with him late on Tuesday. And so you will get to hear that interview that I did with him. Uh, talk about OBJ, talk about a couple different things. So I want to make sure we have that for you. Plus, we're going to talk about the Chargers. And I don't know about you, but I feel like people are treating this week like the Niners are still on a buy. Like I'm still seeing a lot of like midseason awards and winners and losers and stuff. I'm like, it's game week. Like that's over with now. That is true. Though. There just hasn't been much going. Like there's, there's not much controversy. There's <laughs> hey, a bunch of players came back to practice. Things are looking good. Like there, there's nothing. Oh, what's happening with this? Don't know where this is going yet. I think part of it is like you had the CMC trade, then you had a big win, and now you have a bunch of players coming back from injuries that are practicing now. It's just been like good, good story after good story after good story. There's like nothing bad to drive clicks and fan base along. Which is fine. Like, I'm rooting for good things yeah. to happen. But I'm just, I feel like people need to be a little more focused on this Chargers game. But to your point, Debo, Juwan Jennings, Aziz Shire, Colton McKivich, Dre Greenlaw, Jason Verrett, all practiced yesterday in some fashion. Eric Armstead did not. And Samson Ebicam did not because apparently he injured himself on Monday's walkthrough. This is the second time this year where a, a starter for this team has injured themselves during a walkthrough. What the hell are they doing there? Uh, apparently not walking. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is what it is. I, I would love to get to watch like a full season of 49ers practices to know how much there really is because there has been some grumblings, especially from Tart, where it certainly seems like Kyle Shanahan runs much more physical practices than most teams. and. Maybe that explains a lot of things. I mean, Shanahan seems like he scaled it back, at least this year, because of all the injuries. Because he talked about at one point not being able to get a full week of practices in because so many guys were hurt. But, yeah, I mean, that whole process needs to be overhauled. Everything from how hard Shanahan practices, the schedule of practice, to the training staff, to everything. Uh, I don't know if the Niners are going to do it, but we'll see. Uh, By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier we love your ratings and your reviews please 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 keep them coming i always say if you leave a review i will read it on the show we got two short ones so i'll read them both main niner five stars subject best niner pods says hi i'm a niners fan in maine so hard to get a lot of content up here other than podcasts i love all your shows and for tuesday's show you should call it red and gold vibes not a bad suggestion but we went with bully ball for tuesday's show So that's Steph and Jason's show. That's the Tuesday show now. And this one comes from Ramona TV. Niners News is the subject. Five stars. Thank you. This is my go-to for Niners Talk. Stats does a great job keeping us up to date on team news and gives an honest take on the team. Keep up the great work. So we appreciate the five-star reviews. 
People love me, Levin. What can I say? I'm more interested in the main guy. You know, back in uh, fifth grade, you had to pick a state and do a big book report on what you would do if you visited that state. And I picked Maine and I have still never been. <laughs> you sound, yeah, you sound like you were really impressed after doing that report. I want to go, but like, I'm, I'm not an East coaster like you, like Maine is very far from Indiana. Maine is far from me in Connecticut. Let me tell you, I, I went up there. My wife used to go up there as a kid every year. So she took me to kind of see her old stomping grounds. Go to Portland if you're going to go to Maine. Very, very cool. Cool city. A lot of stuff to do. All right. That's our main detour for the show. Get it? Our main detour? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. All right. Enough from us. Let's get to who you really want to hear from. And that is Debo Samuel, uh, who joined me on Tuesday of this week. We are very pleased and privileged to be joined by all pro 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. Debo, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good. First question, how are you feeling? How's the hamstring? Everything good? Yeah, everything good. That's good. As a 49er fan and someone covers the team, uh, looking forward to having you back out there as soon as possible. You're joining us today on behalf of Overtime and a video feature that you did uh, with them presented by GMC, which is out on YouTube right now. If you just go to YouTube and you search Debo Samuel Overtime, this whole feature pops up. It's a multi-part feature. And I got to tell you, Debo, I watched this thing and I was really surprised you share a lot about yourself and your personal life in this thing. What made you want to do this? Um, it was just something different to show the people what I do outside of just football. You did camps that you went around to. There's a lot of family stuff in there. There's stuff in there with your son. Like, I feel like I got to know you a little bit after watching this thing. <laughs> that, that's what it was for. Definitely very cool. Again, just go to YouTube, search Debo Samuel Overtime. You can check that out and uh, really get a lot of cool information in there. There's some stuff about the contract negotiations that I always thought was interesting. One of the things that you mentioned in the feature is the first time you saw some of the numbers that were out there for your contract and it sort of becomes real for you. Like it's one thing to talk about getting a deal, but when you see those numbers in front of you, what was that like? It was just a little different. Um, but at the end of the day, having a discussion with my agent, that wasn't the ending goal. That wasn't the ending number that, that we wanted to end up with. So, um, it was just kind of like, you know, this is the first offer and I was straight back to work. I think people sometimes get a little desensitized to it when we forget just how much money we're actually talking about. I mean, this is literally life changing money. Um, if I could transition a little bit to the to the current team, I always wanted to ask you, you have a lot of highlight reel plays in your career. Do you have a favorite play? Uh, not necessarily. I'm not a guy that just, you know, um, go back and just rewatch all the crazy plays that, you know, saying that I've had in my career. Um, a lot of people may know, like, I put the team first before anything. So it don't matter if I, I go out there and have a game, five catches, 30 yards or whatever, as long as we get the win. Like, my my ending goal also, my ending goal is to win a Super Bowl. So it's not all about stats and the uh, crazy plays that I've made. It's about the end goal. Um, we came short twice, so I just got that bad taste in my mouth, like, you know what I'm saying? We got the team, the players, and the coaches to to actually win one. Uh, we've we've been there what twice out of my three years in the league. So I mean, uh, it's it's we really close. A lot of guys after that Rams game were talking about how you feel like you've sort of figured something out, and you feel like you are in a good position going forward. Now, do you feel like that? Like, okay, we know our identity now, and we can make a run at this thing. 
Yeah, of course, especially with all the guys we got coming back. Um, we get both our linebackers back. We get Elijah Mitchell to add on with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I came back, and um, Eric and Kenlaw on the verge of getting back. It's just, you know what I'm saying, uh, we're going to be a really scary team once everybody, you know what I'm saying, come back together. Who is the hardest person to tackle, you, Kittle, or Christian McCaffrey? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. Is Christian McCaffrey officially part of the Yak Bros? <laughs> I mean, he's just guy here. If you want to throw him in there, you're good for it. You got it. I feel like you got it. I mean, it's he fits right in uh, nicely with you guys. Um, there has been some talk about Odell Beckham Jr. potentially looking for a new team. He's going to be cleared soon. If he were to call you up and say, Ode- uh say Debo, what's the what's my pitch here? Why should I come to the 49ers? What would you say to him? Hey man, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get too much in the, in in all that stuff that I can't control, man. That's a, that's for the people up top. No recruiting pitch. <laughs> hey man, I mean, hey, if 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 they think he's a great fit for our team, you know, they'll they'll make a push for it. If they don't, if they don't, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know, it is what it is. When you play against the Chargers this week, you're going to be on Sunday Night Football. Does that matter to you at all, or or guys in general playing in prime time, or do you not care? No, I don't, I don't think that too much matter. Um, we go out there with one goal, no matter the time, day. We can play on a Tuesday night. I mean, um, at the end of the day, we out there to, to do one job, and that's win a game. I had one more question about the video feature, if I could, because one thing jumped out to me, and it was something that your girlfriend, Mahogany, actually said. She said that you guys were playing bingo, and you accused her of cheating at bingo? Man, if I lose, somebody cheat. <laughs> that's just, that just how I feel. That's just that's just my take on things, man. I don't, I ain't a big loser, you know. At the end of the day, like you know, um, it's all fun and games. So you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing that's serious. I saw you had the Ms. Pac-Man in your uh, fan cave there. What? How did you go with Ms. Pac-Man? Ms. Pac-Man, Mr. Pac-Man, all you know, all those game, all those arcade games, is just is in one machine. So, um, nice. kind of grew up playing all those games. So I mean, like, why not? My little brother and them be here a lot. Um during the year in the off season too. So I mean, it's something for them to do, even though we got four or five PlayStation fives all around the house and pool tables and basketball goals and all that. So, I mean, he, he really got whatever he want to play. I like that because it's kind of like old school and I'm a fan of that stuff. Uh, you mentioned basketball. I did not realize that basketball is actually your favorite sport. Yeah. I didn't too much like football. I was kind of forced to play it because my dad was my coach growing up. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was smooth. I, th- I think I was pretty, pretty good at it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, like um, I wasn't six, five, six, six. So um, I didn't think it was going to work out. <laughs> One of the cool things I liked was that you got to go back and talk to a lot of your old coaches. Um, and it, obviously it's very important to you to go back and keep in touch with everybody. seems like you really put a focus on maintaining those relationships and remembering sort of your steps along this journey. Right. Um, I can call any one of them coaches you've seen on video right now on FaceTime and they'll pick the phone up. Um, it's just, it's just, I think it's just more so of like knowing who you are, knowing who helped you, you know what I'm saying? Get to the place that you is now. Um, coach Mark Hyde's played a, a huge role in that. Um, my head coach, um, Steven Fasaro was my receiver coach. I mean, guys like that, um, it's good to stay in touch with. Even the guy, um, Brian McClendon, who coached me in college, I, he called me once a week every Sunday, you know, um, it's just guys like like that. I, I love to keep a relationship with because at the end of the day, you never know whenever you're done. They might be one of the guys that you need to lean on to. And not only just for 
a job, but you know, just just being a mentor and just getting advice for them to to for you to be the mentor to the next guy coming up. So I mean, I just think it's 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 big to hold those relationships with those guys. Do you like ask them football questions, or do they ask you football questions, or more just kind of like a life? Well, we don't too much. We don't too much have football questions. Like we we talk like like I call my mom and dad, and like we just have those type of conversations. Do you think that you might eventually want to get into coaching? Um, I might. I don't know yet. I'm still playing right now. I'm in. I'm in my prime right now, so I ain't too much thinking about coaching. Absolutely. Well, uh, trust me, as a 49er fan, I love to see it. You may not watch the highlights, Debo, but I got to tell you, I fired up that screen pass against the Bears last year many, many times, and the 54-yard <laughs> touchdown against the Rams. I am very familiar with those. So you may not do it, but I'm telling you, there are tons of 49er fans that do it. Again, you can go to YouTube and just enter overtime and Debo Samuel and both parts of the series will pop right up. It's available for you now. Debo, I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks again to Debo for the time. Before we go to break, Levin, I just wanted to get your reaction on the OBJ stuff because that's the stuff that kind of struck me. Were you surprised that he didn't give sort of a pitch for Odell to come to the Niners? Because I, I put it on a tee for him. First things first, apparently, if you interview a wide receiver, I'm not allowed to be part of it. I first knew Jerry that was going to be your not, first Not game. Debo Samuel. Of like, course. If a wide receiver, no 11 allowed, apparently. You couldn't just, you know, be happy <laughs> that I got the starting wide receiver for the Niners on the program or just react to the newsy stuff. No. Good job, you Rob. You did your job. And complain job. <laughs> that you couldn't be part of it. Uh. Anyways, moving on. Uh, since you're so temperamental and touchy, <laughs> the OBJ stuff, like, am I surprised he didn't make a pitch? Uh, a little, I guess, since, you know, OBJ kind of went to bat for him in the off season. Now, a lot of that might've just been him trying to mess with the 49ers and the fan base when he was tweeting stuff about Debo and all that. Uh, but at the same time, like Debo's got more important stuff to be concentrating about. And he just, I don't feel like he's that type of guy. You know, he's not going to go out there and recruit people. It just seems like he, he's kind of like his own guy. You know, in the off season, what does he do? Spends it away from the team over in Miami. Nothing completely wrong with that. Uh, sometimes you wish somebody would go to bat for OBJ. Eh. I'm kind of lukewarm on Beckham joining the Niners. I almost think there's like the value in acquiring him is just the fact that you keep him away from other teams potentially like Dallas, but I'm just like, I was just surprised that he didn't, he just totally stepped away from it. And remember when he went to the Rams, he talked about how big a deal it was that he was recruited by players like Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. Like that meant a lot to him. He appreciated, you know, being wanted, which I kind of understand. So if he's going to decide between these multiple teams, you know, that could be a tiebreaker potentially. I don't know. I don't think he's a difference maker coming off that injury next season. Yeah. He could be the difference maker again, but it is, I, I, I feel like a lot of people are treating it as kind of like a, well, if he comes cheap, it's low risk, maybe a high reward. No, there, there is risk there. Even if he comes cheaply, he's not exactly the most quiet, well-behaved player. And if he comes to this team in particular, he's probably not even the third option in a passing game that's not a pass-happy team. I don't see it being something that makes him happy, which is why I would say I prefer to stay away. I'm not going to be mad if they 
sign him unless it's some kind of crazy deal, which I don't foresee. It's not this front office's MO, but like I, I think there's a very real chance that if Odell Beckham Jr. is getting one to two catches a game playing that third wide receiver role, that he's going to start speaking out unless the team is winning every single game. So that's the thing that I think people have said, and John Lynch talked about that too. He was asked about that, I think, by Matt Mayoko, and, and Lynch's response was like, how many footballs are we going to play with? Kind of implying like there's not enough passes to go around. But that also assumes that all the receivers on this team are going to stay healthy for the rest of the season. And as we have seen, Levin, that is a very, very dangerous assumption, right? Like, wouldn't it be very reassuring if Debo's hamstring was to flare up again, if it was Ayuk and Odell Beckham Jr. instead of Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod or Ayuk and Jawan Jennings? Sure, but you don't pay big money for that reassurance. He's not going to add with the quarterback. Well, yeah. Uh they're not going to he's not going to bring a lot of value. Like how much is he really going to improve this offense? Probably very little to none. Doesn't mean he wouldn't do anything, but well, I it, think he'd be an improvement. You don't think yeah. he's better than Jawan or Ray Ray? It's not that. It's just that this offense doesn't utilize a wide receiver like that. It's not going to drastically change this offense. And with Christian McCaffrey here now, like there's even less to go to that third wide receiver. You know, you went from a running back getting maybe one to two catches out of desperation, never designed to them, to all of a sudden you're running back, you want getting four, five, six catches a game. Well, you already had an offense that barely fed the wide receivers enough to begin with. So I just, I, I don't see how he could get what he wants out of it. And if he's signing what he should be signing, in my opinion, I don't I don't see a team going out there and saying, here's some guarantees. They're going to go out there and say, yeah, we'll give you a small amount of guarantee, but it's going to be an incentive-laden deal if you want the big money. He can't hit those incentives in an offense like this. So he gave an interview recently where he talked about wanting to sign a multi-year contract, wanting to know where he was going to be for, you know, the foreseeable future, which I totally understand. Like he's, he's done the kind of journeyman thing for a little while. So I get that. Do the 49ers really want to lock themselves into Odell and Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle, and then maybe Iuke too. Like, you know, I could easily see the Niners saying, we love to have you, but we, we literally can't, sign you for more than this year or, or maybe this year and next year at the most. Yeah, just, I just, I don't see how it works out. I'd be su- pretty surprised if it ended up actually happening. With this team, though, who knows? <laughs> like, it is never boring. Uh, Yeah, but it's not their MO at the same time. Like, they don't go out, unless your name is Josh Norman, you don't go out and find a free agent veteran <laughs> in the middle of the season. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a weird... I agree. It's a weird circumstance. I mean, how often do you see a guy suffer a major injury in the Super Bowl? Literally like the last possible opportunity, so to speak, for that to happen. So it is a weird situation. There's just so many other better opportunities for him. You know, I could maybe if the Niners are like six and two and clearly like going to be fighting for the top of the NFC, but they're not even dominating. You know, they're four and four. Where do you least want to see him go? I don't have a least. He's coming off an ACL. I I don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to come in and dominate and be the same Odell Beckham that we saw last year. I think he's going to come in and he's going to probably need a month or two to get up to speed, which means at best you're getting 
a good wide receiver for the playoffs. But in order to get that, you got to take a hit for the next month or two while he gets up to speed and is out there playing and not being good. Like people just don't come back and instantly hit their stride with an injury like his. And it's the second time he's had it. So it, it just, I don't have a lot of confidence. I, I don't see him as a difference maker for anybody. So I don't really care. He can go to the Cowboys. I don't care. He can go to the Packers. I don't care. See, he should go to the Eagles. If I were him, go to the Eagles, right? Because like you said, if it takes him a little while to get up to speed, so what? They've got A.J. Brown. They've got Devontae Smith. They run the ball. And then, boom, by the time the playoffs come around, especially Philly, like they're 8-0. They're going to clinch a playoff spot in a few weeks. You know, they could sort of weather that that rough early couple weeks there with Odell. And then by the time the playoffs roll around, they'd be sitting pretty. It depends on what kind of offer he gets. If he can actually get a multi-year deal where it's, yeah, this year I want to try to contend, but also next year, Green Bay is the spot to go if they come, if they offer anything. They stink. Yeah, they do. And who wants but... to live there? You think he wants to live in Wisconsin? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know that he necessarily likes the big markets. Mm, I think he does. Eh. Who knows? I mean, I, mean, he's I would, even talking I would about say he back... can get his attention on Twitter, but that's probably <laughs> not happening. He's even talking about going back to the Giants. So, I mean, granted, the Giants have a good record this year. That's true. But, like, it did not end well there. And he's still willing to go back, potentially. Which shows how far he has fallen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see where he goes. Uh, I would prefer not to play against him in the playoffs. I know he's coming off an injury, but he killed us in that NFC Championship game. Had 113 yards receiving in the game. They couldn't stop him. So... You know, we'll, we'll see. But I was just surprised that uh, Debo didn't really mention it, didn't really seem to care either way. I guess he uh, ascribes to the 11 Black school of thought on Odell Beckham Jr. I guess he's a pretty smart man then, huh? <laughs> yeah, of course you found a way to compliment yourself. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into the Chargers matchup. This one should go the 49ers way, and I don't say that often, but there is one inescapable fact about the Chargers defense that lines up perfectly with the 49ers offense back here on the gold standard podcast. All right, Levin, let's dive into this chargers game. We've had a week off now. I, I want football again, man, as much as it is to kind of sit back and watch the games last week, just sort of as a fan, I miss the Niners. I miss seeing the Niners talking about the Niners. I miss other people talking about the Niners. Like I don't like to be off the radar nationally. So we're back now playing the chargers. They can't stop the run. They cannot stop the run. They're giving up almost six yards per carry. The Niners should be able to dominate this game on the ground. Everybody's saying that, and it makes it feel like one of those times where like all the signs point to, oh, this is so obvious. A team that loves to run the ball just got one of the best running backs in the league, and they're playing a team that can't stop the run. So, of course, this is going to just be a, a game where they run 40 times and dominate, and then they come out and get two yards per carry. <laughs> I know. And we've seen that with the Niners. Like you think that a strength of them lines up with a weakness in the opponent. And then all of a sudden, surprise, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it depends if the Chargers come out and sell out to stop the run, then you got to do stuff like, you know, that's when you can do some screens to Christian McCaffrey, use him as a runner, but with short passes. Like that's the thing that he brings is that you can have pseudo runs that are technically passes with him. That's what I like to see from the Niners. Do a little of that. 
do some screens. I know they they did a couple screens to Kittle against the Rams too. All that stuff, man. Just don't keep bashing your head against a brick wall, though I do think that they are going to be able to run because I think that if the Chargers could stop the run by now, they would have figured out how to do it, and they haven't all year long. They, you're giving up over 140 yards a game on the season, 170 yards per game in their last three. So they can talk about loading up to stop the run, but they haven't been able to do it. I feel like not enough has been made about the other side when it comes to running. Because when you actually look at it, the 49ers are best in the league. They are only giving up 3.4 yards a carry. Meanwhile, the Chargers are only averaging offensively 3.7 yards a carry. So you got the best run defense going against one of the worst run offenses. Like, I don't think enough is being made about that. Like, this could definitely be a game. That if the Niners get up early, I could see 60 passes from Herbert. The Chargers are no stranger to that. To me, and this is going to sound weird because I I think that Justin Herbert is a mutant. I think that he makes throws that are just unbelievable, jaw-dropping throws. If he was a mutant, what mutant would he be? Oh, God, I don't know. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm scanning. I'm like scrolling through my... Do you have somebody? <laughs> I can't remember his name. It's not Shockwave, but something like that. The Irish dude with the long blonde hair, and he can fly because he literally can bounce sound waves off the Banshee. ground. Banshee. Banshee, thank you. That yeah. That's what I think of. Banshee. That's not bad. And he does have the long hair, or at least he, did he cut his hair? He, you don't know if he, he cut it, and then he grew it back because everybody was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he makes throws that are ridiculous. But I did see this note that I thought was interesting. It was from Dan Orlovsky who said, the Chargers went the whole first quarter Sunday against the Falcons and didn't call a single pass that could potentially be thrown past seven yards. Now, I don't know if that's his rib injury, because don't forget, he has like fractured rib cartilage, and that doesn't you know tend to get better during an NFL season. So I don't know if that's the case or it's just the, the fact that they've had so many injuries on the offensive side of the ball. But, I mean, if you're doing that, you're not maximizing what Justin Herbert can do for you. So that's another thing that kind of, I think, goes in the Niners' favor. Right. I mean, they're a team that's kind of (laughs) screwed in multiple ways. Like I said, they can't run the ball very well, and they're playing the best run defense. Okay, so pass. you got a great quarterback. Oh, that's right. Our two good wide receivers are both probably not playing. Keenan Allen's up in the air. Mike Williams isn't playing. Right. They don't have the offensive weapons. Like, they don't have a great tight end. They have basically a running back who can catch. But that heavily limits you to short passes. And while Eckler has been great recently, I think he has 10 touchdowns in the last five games, I'm pretty confident the Niners can limit that, especially with the speed that they have at linebacker. Like, hey, if Aziz is back too. Right. If I'm the Niners, it's like, go ahead and dump it off to Eckler. We're confident we're going to step up and tackle him before he gets a first down. Like, yeah. Let him have 15 catches for 60 yards. We don't care. And there's one other important facet to this game that I don't think can be overlooked. And that is, if it's a close game, the Chargers are going to charge her. They're going to find a way to screw it up. And I don't mean to sound mean, but it's true. Even last week against the Falcons, the Chargers are running out the clock, right? They're they're in position. They're going to kick a field goal. They're going to win the game. And what happens? Eckler coughs it up. Falcons recover. Now, unbelievably, 
the Falcons also love to choke late in games. So they fumbled on the fumble return and the Chargers got it back. But I mean, still, the Chargers tried to lose that game and give it away and the Falcons just wouldn't take it. If that's not an example of anything you can do, I can do better. And I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that like that plays into it too. You know, as much as we, you know, we talk about all oh, the 49ers can't come back in the fourth quarter or the second half or whatever. Like I do have faith that the chargers will do something at some point to just kick the door down and leave it open for the Niners. If it's, you know, a close game in the fourth. Obviously the script for the 49ers get up early. So you can just, run the ball and force them into obvious passing situations where you can kind of step back, go into a nickel defense and basically just say, we're not going to let you beat us deep. You're not going to get that one magic play that gets you back in this game. And I saw a tweet from Daniel Popper who covers the charges from the athletic. I'll just read it. Practice squad tackle for uh, Foster Serrell was working at right tackle with the first team offense. So might see Boza line up on the left. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> if the Niners get up and they need to make a play, I wouldn't be shocked to see Boza line up against that guy. And I feel bad for Justin Herbert, but not this week. I won't. It is kind of a shame, speaking of Boza, is that we're not getting the Boza brother bash, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but then at the same time, it means the 49ers don't have to face Joey Bosa. So, yeah, I, 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 I would not, not want to see, see Joey Bosa and McGlinchey. Right, oh, I was you. just going to say that. <laughs> a guy who's terrible with his hands facing a guy that's a tactician. Then we'd have practice squad tackles on both sides of the ball. hi No, then we would have Purdy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why I feel so confident because I just spent the first half of the podcast talking yeah, about how. They have a better record. I know. That's true. But the Niners should win this game. But I feel like we say that a lot. And yet. We've seen the Niners sort of stop themselves. Now, are they sort of past that and ready to make this stretch? I know Fred Warner was talking about that in practice. He literally said, breaking down the huddle, the second half run starts now. Do you believe it does? Uh, I'm pretty confident, but I do think that this is uh, kind of the game of whether or not I continue to believe in them or not. Uh, like we've just mentioned, for the last 10 minutes, everything is in the 49ers' favor. Uh, Vegas, last time I saw, favors the 49ers by seven, which is a Huge. pretty dang heavy spread. So there's no excuse. You're coming off a bye. Like, you lose this game. Okay, you're the same team we've been seeing all year. Highly inconsistent. You lay an egg, and then you play like a Super Bowl contender. I don't believe you're going to put it together. You're not going to reel off some five-game streak all of a sudden. If they win this game, especially if they win it convincingly, take care of business, like, okay, then maybe they did finally click. Maybe Christian McCaffrey's the difference, and they found something in that Rams game right before the bye, and it, you know, they're going to start pushing now and uh, go for the division title. Damn, I sure would like to see it. And, you know, other things may start to line up for the 49ers, and what I mean is I saw a tweet from somebody, I can't remember who it was, um, but Kyler Murray is apparently dealing with a hamstring injury. Now they say it's not serious, whatever, but, you know, it's Kyler Murray. He's got a hamstring. That's a significant factor. And the Niners play the Cardinals in Mexico City on Monday night in week uh, 11. So if the Niners can win this game against the Chargers, maybe face a weakened Kyler Murray, 
I sort of hope it's a week in Kyler Murray because if it's the backup quarterback, we know what happens when the Niners play the Cardinals backup quarterback. But, you know, that they these are the things that happen for a team when you go on one of these runs. Sometimes the things outside of your control work in your favor. So think about how nice it would be to start the, you know, the second half of the season with two wins. Yeah, I mean, his hamstring probably got tight sitting on the couch playing Martin Warfare, you know, not uh, stretching properly. Hello! I'm playing Gotham Knights right now. Not bad. Not amazing, but it's passing the time. Well, here comes our uh, completely off script uh, <laughs> tangent, but I'm playing Overwatch 2, which is uh, fun, but at the same time, the same game as Overwatch 1, so disappointing. Did you like Overwatch 1? Yes and no. The whole problem with a game like that is you are so incredibly reliant on teammates. So unless you have a squad, you're reliant on random people, which almost never works out. <laughs> I could see you like wanting a very specific team around you for that. No, type not of really. Stuff. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, I'm not savant and I don't play on a PC, which means I'm at a huge disadvantage to begin with on a shooter game. Uh, but I'm, above average and can play a lot of different ways but yeah it's just it's really frustrating when it's a game like it is probably the shooter game that's most reliant on your teammates and that just means that when you get randoms it's pretty easy to get in this streak of well that's completely wasted my night because i had four games in a row where i had a teammate who's got awful and ruined everything because it's one of those games one teammate being bad out of the five just flips everything Totally 49ers related, though. You got Garoppolo'd. You could say that, yeah. I just want to say, for the record, you just threw everybody else under the bus. You Aaron Rodgers, actually, is what you did. Everybody else what? is the problem, not me. <laughs> uh, if Aaron Rodgers had brand new teammates every single week. And by the way, like, okay, we, we, we've detoured, but like, it's so great watching them lose. Like every time he threw a pick last week, I was just cackling in my living room. Like, oh, in the red zone, interception, red zone again, interception, just me cackling. It's crazy how quickly the wheels came off. Like he was an MVP candidate last year. Like he won the MVP two years in a row. Oh, you're right. I was thinking he got second last year. But Not only yeah. was he a candidate, Levin, he was also <laughs> the MVP. Yeah, like it's just weird. Like, like last week's game, he has like four or five interceptions a season, and he had three yeah. last week. Like he Garoppolo to that game. <laughs> he may be the Niners' quarterback next year. Who the hell knows? But anyway, yeah. it, it can't wait for the off season of Are we keeping Jimmy, Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers, or Tom Brady? Right. Never talked about this before. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. But I, I wrote something for Niners Nation, basically, like, all that stuff is true, but don't worry about any of it right now. Like, cross that bridge when you get to it. Focus. Don't focus on two weeks from now, one week from now. Just lock in on the Chargers with this team this year. They are 4-4, four and four, chance to go to 5-4 and four in a game that they should win. And how many times do you go into a game? where you are convinced that the other team has the better quarterback, like I believe the Chargers do, and yet I look at the game and I'm like, Niners should win and I feel comfortable. Like, that seven-point spread makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know. I, I think the Niners are going to win just about every single week, and just about every single week I think the other quarterback's better. <laughs>
<laughs> you know what the weird thing is? When they played the Seahawks, I was like, oh, the Niners have the better quarterback. And I was probably wrong about that, but yet they smoked them. Yeah, I had the thought. I saw, you know, a post that was like, uh, you know, who's going to be the comeback player of the year? And he was in it. And I had the thought, like, if he actually wins comeback player of the year, like if he continues doing what he's been doing this year, finishes the season like he's played so far, that might be the, like the biggest comeback of all comebacks. Like this was a joke of a bust and he's literally mid career and suddenly he becomes really good. I mean, I think people forget how he lost the starting gig with the Jets. He got punched in the face yeah. by a teammate. <laughs> IK and Impale punched him in the face and he lost the starting job. Um, I don't like giving comeback player of the year to a guy that just sucked. Like, oh, you came back from being terrible? Congratulate. No. I give it to somebody that's overcome a horrific injury. That's generally where I come down on it. But that's just me. Uh, I think it depends. I, I It's a unique situation. You know, you went from a top pick and a franchise quarterback, or at least the Jets were hoping, to a joke and everybody calling you a bust. And, like, we... We were making fun of the fact that Pete Carroll said he has two number one quarterbacks at the beginning of this year. Well, he definitely has one. That's for sure. Yeah, but you know what? The Seahawks also demanded that Drew Locke was in that trade for Russell Wilson. So, like, they weren't totally sold on Geno Smith either. They also signed Matt Flynn to a big contract when they drafted Russell Wilson. Right. I'm just saying, like, did they think he was capable of this? At least not when they made that trade. It's always good to have multiple options, you know, like uh, a young quarterback and a wily vet coming back from injury. <laughs> Imagine that. So that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Do you have a final score prediction? I think the Niners went 27-17. I think this game will be a game where there's like a lot of long drives. I think both teams are going to be getting a lot of running back dump offs that turn into first downs and, you know, you're not going to be seeing these big chunk plays. It's going to be a lot of third and fours, and they convert with a five-yard gain. I 100% agree. I would If you told me the Chargers only score 17, you better freaking win that game. Although the Niners are only averaging 22 points a game this year, 20 if you take out the Rams game. So it's not like they're lighting up the scoreboard either. It's, it's two touchdowns, maybe three if they're lucky, per game. And that doesn't even exclude the defensive touchdowns they've scored this year so we'll see hopefully Niners get the win good bad or ugly though we will be live on the instant reaction show after the game which is going to crush me this week because they're playing on Sunday night football but that's that's you know not really a problem it's only in my world but please please join us on the Niners Nation Facebook YouTube Twitter pages my Twitch page at that's on fire feel free to subscribe are you going to be with us this week Lemon? Uh, yeah, and it'll be a fun one, like you said. Oh, yeah, all right. Uh, what, what the West Coasters, a majority of the people listening, just do not understand <laughs> the game literally gets over either just before midnight or just after. Like, it, it's late on the East Coast. Although, I saw a thing this year that right now, this season, NFL games are averaging three hours, which is the lowest it's been in, in a few years. So that's nice to see. Give me one of those games, please. Maybe, like you said, if it's a bunch of short passes, we keep the ball inbounds and the clock keeps running. Fine by me. By the way, keep uh, continuing to support us. Rate, review, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. You're helping us get our star rating up on Apple Pods, which is a massive, massive thing. Helps new people discover us. So if you like us and you want to support the show, that is the number one way to do it. 
Levin, I guess I'll talk to you on Sunday after the game. Well, I got one question for you. How are you going to do it at midnight when you turn into a pumpkin? Why would I turn into a pumpkin? My God, you don't even get the reference. Cinderella? Yeah. How is that relevant to anything? <laughs> Halloween just happened. You're a big pumpkin. Halloween doesn't have anything to do with Cinderella. No, but it has something to do with pumpkins. Dude, I got to tell you, that was that was one of your weakest in a while, man. <laughs> All right. Well, tweet at us and tell me how bad it was then. How about that? Sick burn. Cinderella burn. Any other fairy tale jabs you want to throw in? Can you get ratioed on a podcast that's not even live? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.